Good evening, good evening, hallelujah, and glory to God today, hallelujah. We are glad that you joined us on this Tuesday evening for Bible study. Thank you to Bishop Watts for this um, engagement um, assignment, whichever you want to call it, um, for, to do Bible study this evening, and Lady Watts in, in both their absence. Um, to the ministers, the elders, the diaconate board, and to you, Shiloh family, friends, and visitors, to my family, and they better be watching, to my family, God bless you, I love you, and I couldn't do anything without you, and I love all of you. Let us pray. <clears throat> Oh, holy God, we just thank you for tonight, Lord God. Father, I ask right now that you decrease me and you increase, Lord God. Hide me behind the cross right now in your mighty name. Lord God, let your words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be accepted in your sight. My Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. In your holy name I do pray. Amen. Amen. All right. There will be a word from the Lord today. Our scripture for tonight can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. And it reads, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And our title tonight will be, In Tough Times, Be Steadfast and Unmovable. In Tough Times, Be Steadfast and Unmovable. So as we know that life is a constant battle, which we sometimes wish we were out of a battle, but it seems like we're in a constant battle, and some days it feels like you're dodging field mines. You know, you don't know when things are going to blow up. <clears throat> you get to work, and boom, you suddenly realize nobody wants to work. And at one time, you had a team of 10, and now you're a staff of five. So you're doing triple the work, and the pile grows higher and higher. In the meantime, you still have a home life that needs attention. You have responsibility to your family. You know, bills still got to be paid. The house got to be clean. Laundry, car needs, you know. Life just shifts without a notice. Now, for the past two years, we've been in a pandemic. Two years. And I hope we're coming to the end. And now we're faced with eviction, repossessions, foreclosure. Some businesses closed due to the pandemic, and jobs were lost. There was nothing you could do to prevent it, so now those were left facing unemployment. Food banks were um, erected in the community to help. You know, Shiloh was one of those. That they knew there was a huge need in New London County. You know, that, that was just some general stuff. So it seems like we take two steps forward to only take five steps backwards. So some of us um, even had loved ones that passed, and then we're left to pick up the pieces and move on. I know I have not uncovered all the things that we face in life, but this can leave you with what I just said, feeling mentally, physically, spiritually, 
drained, exhausted. I mean, it's at this point where we like, you know, I'm done. I'm going to throw the towel in. It's over. I'm, I'm walking away. And we take a long walk away from this madness. Let's face it. As we continue to live in this world, things will seem tough. Our issues will face issues. And because of this buildup inside of us, it comes to a point where we're about ready to just burst. <clears throat> Sit there and do an uncontrollable cry. You know, you're at a point where you just want to tell the Lord, uncle, <laughs> I'm good, I give up. You know, as people of Christian faith, during our tough times when situations and circumstances arise pertaining to the work of the Lord, how should we respond? Is it okay to say, yo, I'm good. I'm going to go have a seat. Or, yep, I'm over this. I'm going to let somebody else do it. Or, Lord, you need to take the wheel. Or, Lord, I am completely done. Well, how about looking at it this way? Have you ever felt exhausted because of lack of participation, but you continue to do the work of the Lord? Have you felt like you were being pulled in this direction and that direction, but you can continue to do the work of the Lord? Have you ever felt as though you haven't been a good representation of Jesus, but you continue to do the work of the Lord? Have you felt like giving up because you don't see the fruit of your labor. However, we still continue to do the work of the Lord. Have you ever felt like you are the only one doing anything, but we still continue to do the work of the Lord? Have you ever gotten to the point where you said, is this all worth it? But we still continue to do the work of the Lord. When you start to grow weary, and kingdom work, this is when the enemy goes into full attack mode. The trick of the enemy is to destroy that vision that the Lord gave you. The trick is to get you to walk away so you can't plant seeds in people's life. The trick of the ministry is to kill the ministry. <clears throat> the trick is to steal your love you have for Jesus. The devil is a lie. Get that out of here. You're in the right position. Your vision will not be destroyed. In fact, it's going to grow. You're, you will plant many seeds in people's lives. Your ministry will not be killed. Your love for Jesus will grow. And you will be a kingdom builder for the Lord. So now how do we respond in tough times and work? And the work starts with being, the work becomes exhausting and unbearable. Our first point is to remain steadfast and unmovable. Remain steadfast and unmovable. So the location of this passage is the last verse of one of the greatest of all chapters in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 15. <clears throat> the verse starts with, therefore. Therefore, my dear brothers, Therefore, it's like an arrow pointing backwards. Based on everything we just talked about, you can stand firm. This chapter talks about the resurrection. The resurrection chapter. In this chapter, it is packed with three Christian doctrines. 
in this chapter alone. And the three doctrines that are packed in this is one, Jesus Christ physically rose from the dead, proving that his sacrifice paid for our sins and the sins of the world. Two, on judgment day, everyone is going to rise from the dead. All of us will rise from the dead. There is an afterlife. There is something coming that is bigger and better than life, than the life we have right now. And three, every Christian, every one of us, we all someday be given a glorified body and live together with God forever. And that's in chapter 15. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul tells us, let nothing move you. Paul addresses those who had fallen away from his original teaching on the resurrection. They were embracing heresy and introducing destructive ideals contrary to the gospel. Paul restates the truth of Jesus' death for sin and bodily resurrection and then exhorts them to remain firm in that teaching. A steadfast person, what he believes in, Ephesians 4.14 says that we should not be like children tossed to and fro from and carried and about every wind of doctrine, but by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. We can't afford to be tossed around back and forth or blown here and there and everywhere and believe in this teaching and that teaching. You know, we must remain spiritually grounded, but we need to recognize false teachings as well. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11:3, I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Those believers that had been personally taught by Paul were victims of deception. How much more vulnerable are we? Has anybody ever heard of the crucible? When I was looking at this, I'm like, crucibles, I thought it was, you know, the movie that we saw in school, but it really wasn't. The crucible <laughs> um, is very interesting. It's, it's a part of the training that the U.S. Marine goes through. And to all my military men and women, I salute you and thank you for your service. But the crucible is a part of training that a U.S. US Marine goes through. The crucible is considered the final test where the Marine recruit is pushed to the limits for 54 straight hours. Combat is simulated, marching takes place day and night. There is hardly any food or sleep. Everything about you is being tested. The Marines call it the crucible because a crucible is a container that can stand intense heat and objects are placed into crucibles in laboratories <clears throat> to see what will happen to them under certain conditions. For 54 hours, the Marine recruit is placed into the crucible to see if he can take the heat. If he can, he then earns the title of Marine. So, <laughs> I don't know if we could withstand 54 hours, but this is a lifetime that we got to do here. So, my brothers and sisters, we are in a crucible. We are being tested. We are being pushed physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. We will, we're going to get tired. We're going to have sleepless nights. We're going to go into combat. We're in combat now. We are going to be tested to see if we can withstand the heat. It is 
is going to be very exhausting, but very rewarding. When we pass the test, we will earn the title and hear the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. In tough times, saints, we must remain steadfast. In tough times, saints, we must remain unremovable. In tough times, saints, we must remain in his word. We might take a beating, but we will keep on ticking. Isaiah 59, 19 says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him, but not move from the truth of gospel. Know it and cling to it. When we are in tough times, we must be steadfast and unmovable. And when we are in tough times, steadfast and unmovable, what else do we need to do? We need to also remain abound in the work of the Lord abound in the work of the Lord. This part talks about the outward visible activity of the Christian servant. We're servants, if you didn't know, just won't give you that, we're servants. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. The word for give yourself fully really means to go above and beyond the call of duty. You never do just barely get enough, do enough to just to get by. Instead, we should always look to do more than enough. Giving yourself fully means that we should pour ourselves so much into our call that our cup overflows. Because we are so rich in Christ, we are so giving. Because we have so much to give, we have so much to do. The Apostle Paul is a good example. He didn't just preach the gospel, he poured his whole life into it. All of his passion, all of his energy, all of his desire, everything, he poured everything into it. He didn't hold nothing back. And why did he do that? Because he was giving himself fully to the work of the Lord Jesus. Now what does abounding in the work of the Lord mean? It means we will not grow lazy in our service to the Lord. And I'm going to repeat that again. It means we will not grow lazy in our service to the Lord. No matter what is going on, we should not let our feelings dictate when I will serve. Nor should we waver in our commitment to reach the lost. We can't afford to be stagnant in our service for Christ, but we should always be seeking to excel, to do more for him, to excel in quantity and quality. Here are some ways we can abound in our service. And all these scriptures are becoming from the New Living Translation. The first one is abounding and edifying our brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians 14, 12, and the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Abound in giving, 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 2. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. 
underneath this one as well, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in the gracious acts of giving. Abound in every good work. 2 Corinthians chapters 9, verse 8, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Abound in the love and discernment. Philippians chapters 1 and 9, verse 9, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. And another scripture to go beneath this one, 1 Thessalonians chapters 3, verse 12. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. Another one underneath this one, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 through 10. Don't y'all, y'all stay with me. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. For God gives himself as... He, as taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all believers throughout Macedonia, and even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more and abound for joy. Philippians 1, verse 26. <clears throat> and when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Abound in thanksgiving, Colossians 2, 7. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Underneath this one, another scripture for this one is 2 Corinthians chapters 9, 11, and 12. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take our gifts to, the, to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and that will joyfully express their thanks to God. Abound in life that pleases God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 1. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. And if we have taught you, you live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more. Abound for the work of the Lord. That is easier said than done. I went through all those aboundings, easier said than done. On January 29th, 21st, 2019, I lost my mother. On March 10th, 2019, I lost my sister-in-law. On January 5th, 2021, I lost my father. On March 23rd, 2021, I lost my uncle to COVID. My family has taken beatings, and I am sure some of you can relate to this, and you are left with a sense of, now what? Why? So down south, when they lay one to rest, they had the family come up and tuck them in as a sign of, good night, see you later, 
not farewell, but we will see you later. So me and my brother, my sister, all from Connecticut, this is our first time, you know, witnessing or being in this type of um, funeral. So we, we, they called us up and, you know, we had to place the covers basically to like tuck her in. So when they first called us up, I'm looking like, um, I ain't trying to be funny, but uh, <laughs> I look back at my uncle and I'm like, well, he's like, he gave me a head nod. I'm like, are you serious? I said, oh my God. So me and my brother, sister got up, you know, we walked up, you know, uh, to the casket and we stood there and they're whispering to us what we're gonna do. Like I said, you tuck them in and then we close the lid to the casket. My sister, <laughs> well, she tagged out, so she wasn't there no, with us no longer, but it was me and my brother that stood there, although I know she wanted to be there, but you know, it was, it, that was a tough situation. So I quietly whispered to him and I said, just put your hand up here. And when I, tell, when I tell you to go, we're gonna go. I'm standing there and I'm looking down into my mother's casket, a complete, utter mess. And I heard the Lord say, I got her. Now go and do what I told you to do. I took a deep breath and I told my brother, let's close it. And we closed it. And as I was standing there, I'm, I'm trying to find my voice and I'm like, okay, I need to speak to these people. My little thing that I had, I didn't have much, I only had a little bit. And I looked at over the entire congregation and I felt this urgency come over me. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? I mean, this thing was, it was huge and the, that the Lord had gained me. I'm like, okay, you know, stuff got real, it got real, real quick. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with this stuff right here. So, you know, I told myself, as long as I'm breathing, as long as I have good health, as long as I have use of my limbs, as long as I give myself, as long as I work fully to the Lord, to the work of the Lord, believe me, there are times where I'm, I'm tired just as you. There are times when you know you just wanna give up. There are times where you, you just wanna stay home. But I stood there and I saw my mother for the last time. I clearly heard the Lord say, I got her. Go do what I told you to do. I will always give myself, always give myself fully to the work of the Lord. I use that as an example because sometimes when we get in those situations, we want to stop and we do not want to move on. But I guarantee you, I'm telling you, do not stop, continue to do the work of the Lord. If I, had, if, if, if I have got to be the only one here, I will always give myself and fully to do the work of the Lord. This is where all, we all should be, no matter what is going on. We should give ourselves away to the work of the Lord. Our level of service should not be the same, the same level year after year. Our faith should increase year after year. We each have a Christian calling. We are all called to be teachers of the gospel. We're called to be, some are called to be preachers of the gospel. Some are called to be deacons and deaconesses, and some are called to take care of the poor. But whatever your calling is, you need to do, do it. We need to be diligent when we are at work for the Lord.
We need to be intentional when it comes to the things of the Lord. This is not a time where we should sit and try to impress other folks because it ain't them that's getting us into heaven. He's getting us into heaven. In our time of growing weary from our labor, always look to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 5 verses 14 through 15 says, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for whom he died for them and was raised again. Saints, this is not a game. I, when I stood there, this was real to me. It is not a game. There are no do-overs. This is real. And once you're in, you're in. You are in for good. This is spiritual warfare. We must remain in prayer. We must remain in the word of God. Always give yourself to the work of the Lord. We should not be moved. Do not quit. We should not be moved. So during tough times, we must remain steadfast. We must remain abound to the work of the Lord. And I know, I know, and I know, I know, your labor will not be in vain. Your labor will not be in vain. May we always give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because we, we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Paul says in 1558 in this scripture that we're looking at tonight, he says, knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord, we have to study. We have a plan. We need to pour our life into that ministry, into that thing that God called you to do. You need to do it all and you look and you don't see the kind of change you wanna see. Where's the enthusiasm? Where's the progress? Where are the results? God acknowledges here in his word that you work hard, your labor, <laughs> the Bible says. The word really means hard, tiring, exertion. You're fatigued, it's suffering, weariness. And when you don't see these results you wanna see, it feels like all oh, this is in vain. God will pull back the curtain every now and then and let you see something good. And even when he does, his word is still true. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Remember labor in the Lord, God has a plan, God has a timetable, God has a purpose, this is his work, not mine. It's all in the Lord. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 51, <clears throat> Paul speaks of the rapture. In that day, we will stand before the Lord and at the judgment seat of Christ. No believer's labor will be in vain for all our labor for him will be richly rewarded. That is some good news. That's why I tell my junior church, that's good news. Your labor is not in vain. The word labor is called labor because it's hard. <laughs> when it's time to deliver, a mother goes into labor and trust. 
To all the mothers out there, labor is not easy. I never heard or felt labor be easy. Labor, it's called labor because it's hard, not because it's easy. If it were easy, then it would be called easy. <laughs> to know that all of this we are doing, the time spent, the hours we fasted and prayed, doing ministry, doing what he called us to do, doing our own lives, working, supporting our families, and all the other one million other things we got to do, know that God recognizes and he he, he sees the despair, he sees your hurt, he sees the sorrow, God sees it all. Again, that's good news. So therefore, we remain firm, letting nothing move us. We remain unmoved. We should be like a tree planted by the water. It's not all for nothing. This is not for nothing. Paul states that your labor is not in vain, and that is one that can't be expressed in words. That cannot be expressed in words. Your labor is not in vain. I wish I had all the words I could, but your labor is not in vain. 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 9 says, but it is written, every eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. This reward comes with happiness, unclouded by any shade of sorrow. This reward will come with peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. This reward will be one that no man on earth can ever give us. So when tough times come and we are tempted to pull back, when failure and fatigue try to chain our faith to the floor, when you feel sleepy sighs and spiritual boredom. Remember that faith in God is never a waste of time. So let us not think that we are, we are going through is for nothing. Let us not think that our teaching is for nothing. Do not think what we preach is for nothing. Do not think that when we witness to others is for nothing. Do not think that this work we do to build the kingdom of God is for nothing. Let us not think that sacrifices made is for nothing. Let us not think that when we study the word of God, it is for nothing. Let us not think that when we prayed, that it is for nothing. Let us not think that when we cried, when times got tough, was for nothing because when the end comes we will realize that we have fought a good fight we kept the faith and there is a crown of righteous laid up for us which the lord will give us on that day god sees your labor and our reward will be eternal no matter what you think no matter who you are no matter your education no matter what your social status is I want to show you that God knows what's best. He knows how he desires to get things done the way he wants to get things done, the methods he has designed to get things done, the people he needs to get the purpose done. God's system is not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. He can take the least and use it. 
So, so for someone that thinks they're the least, don't worry about it because the last shall be first and the first shall be last. When you are at the end, keep on in spite of your feelings or frustrations. Keep on, even though you've been forgotten as Joseph was forgotten. Keep on, even though you have been forsaken as Jesus was forsaken. Keep on, even though you have failed as Peter failed, keep on in spite of the fears and enemies as Paul did. Keep on, even though you are thrown in a fire as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Keep on through all the pain, keep on through all your tough times and know that your labor is not in vain. So saints, I tell you this evening, stand firm, through tough times, be steadfast, unmovable, abound for the work of the Lord. Don't let nothing, and I mean nothing, move you. Yes, the things that we see are tough, but keep, be steadfast and unmovable. And always, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. And we do wanna hear at the end of all of this, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen, amen, and amen. Whoo, God bless, God bless you this evening. Tough word, easy word for some, tough for most of us, but like I said, I'm not far from that myself, so I don't preach nothing that I don't have not been through myself. So, it's offering time. This time um, for the offering, um, we'll prepare our hearts for our benevolent offering. So, uh, this often helps with our community. Um, again, we still are in COVID. Um, so over the past year, you know, you may know someone that's been struggling financially, whichever way it's going to be. So you can give, you can get three ways of giving. You can give through Givelify, by mail, or by cash app. So please give if you can, and it would be a blessing to our community. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you right now, Jesus. Lord, we just want to just... Just say thank you, Lord God. Father, I just thank you right now for what you're doing in Shiloh. I thank you what you're doing in through the members in Shiloh, Lord God, and I just want to thank you for what you're about to do for this church called Shiloh. Father, I thank you for our bishop. Thank you for First Lady Watts. And Lord God, we ask that you bless this offering and you keep it and let it multiply so we can be a help unto the people in our community in New London County and above. Um, in your holy, precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Who, if anyone wants to become a Shiloh, a member, or give your life to Christ, you can um, call the church office. I don't know the numbers up on the screen, but and they'll be happy to take your information. We'll be happy with you. And if you gave your life to Christ, whoo, yes. You came into the, you came into the fold. God bless you. And I know the angels are are, are rejoicing because I rejoiced with you and for them. Um, tomorrow, don't forget, we do have um, prayer with Bishop tomorrow, um, Wednesday um, at one o'clock. If 
you don't have the login information, it's right here. Forget it, you can look into the light. It is also in the light. Um, and, or you can call the church and they will give you that following information. Um, also, let us continue to pray for our saints who are in the hospital and, and those um, that you know are having a hard time. And also, let us continue to pray for each other. That is huge, huge, huge. As, we, as you know, we still see here in, in our little neck of the woods, um, pandemic is still here and the numbers are, are, are you know increasing. So let's pray for each other's health. You know, and the positivity rate goes down to zero. That would be love, that would be great. But we all know that prayer works. So let us be dismissed. I have nothing else to say. So may the Lord keep you. May the Lord guide you. May the Lord continue to shine upon you. May the Lord continue to give you peace. And be steadfast, unmovable, abound in the work of the Lord for your work is not in vain and from our favorite bishops favorite saying shalom <laughs>